Davis, welcome to the latest episode of Cut to the Chase. Today we got episode number 80 and well, tell you what, we were inundated on a request for questions for what we could talk about today because you very gently and uh, very kindly gifted a bottle of Dom Perignon. Guess what? I have actually never seen one of these in the flesh. I had to open and I was very careful because there's a $500 bottle, right? Quiet, because I stole it off the wife. Okay, well, the wife doesn't listen to our podcast, so she probably will never find out. Hi, Fiona. But hey, look, uh, Warren, was it from the Tron? Pleasure. Good man. Good man, good man. And what did he say? What did he ask us to talk about today? Dealing with unrealistic buyers. Ooh, plenty of them around. And you can't blame them, right? Yep. They're not buying at today's price. They're buying at where they see the market going. They're not looking for it. They're expecting a bargain. But how do you deal with those ones that are always unrealistic? Well, look, you can't blame a buyer <laughs> in a market that is a buyer's market. But sometimes you need to have a very frank and honest conversation with the buyer when they're looking at a million-dollar property and they're coming in at six fifty, seven hundred, or seven fifty. I'm always very honest. I'm like, what? Sorry? Are you, did you say seven fifty? And like, yeah, it's a buyer's market. And I'm like, okay, look, I'm not here to argue. I respect your decision, but I'm happy to agree to disagree because for 750, I can buy you buy a two bedroom unit. We're looking at a four bedroom, two bathroom house. Now, are you actually being serious here? And I called them out, and with all due respect, are you actually being serious here, or are you you have me, you know, tried it out with me? No, no, no. This is the market. This is where it is. And I'm like, look. I don't want to waste you any time with this property because, frankly, I believe that this property is worth a million plus. So how about I'll make a time to show you some, you know, smaller property in not as good location that you can buy for seven fifty, and we can have a crack at doors and then see what they say. Or the other strategy, go, no problem, because you're helping this property justifies and validates an owner selling to someone else. So we'll put your offer in at seven fifty. It goes into multi-offer. So thank you. You're helping me sell property to other genuine buyers. But at Diego, if you still want to sit at seven fifty, it's okay. I'll show you a whole lot of other properties that no one wants. Do you want to buy those properties? Correct. Because quality homes are always undiminished in their popularity. So once they feel as though, hey, I'm helping others succeed in this marketplace, then they'll either jump up or there's nothing wrong with retiring them because sometimes you're more motivated to sell them a house than they are to buy because some people just love the attention, eh? Correct. Correct. And you don't want to disagree with You don't want to argue with them and no. get into it. Because at the end of the day, they got an opinion. Let them have their opinion and you respect their opinion. But at the end of the day, you're there to work for the vendor. But yeah, you said a very good word, a very good line here. At $750, you are going to be helping the other buyer and the multi-offer to own the property because you're coming so low and the other buyer might be coming obviously closer to the asking price and the vendor will, of course, work with them. Well, by law of comparison, it just makes... Their really good buy at nine fifty seems so much better when I put seven fifty in front of them. But here's the thing: a lot of buyers are when you're having a little bit of a conversation, discussion. Not I don't want to call it an argument, but you know you're obviously putting a case forward in uh, on behalf of your vendor, which employs you. I always use these words because um, you hear agents, uh, buyers, they say, "Oh, but the agent didn't want to present the offer." We've got a legal obligation to present an <laughs> offer, and I always use these words to cover my backside and I say, "If you want to present an offer at seven fifty, I've." got a legal obligation to present it to my vendor yeah so you actually cover yourself that it's not that you don't want to present the offer but at the same time you want to bring them up on price because 
obviously they're unrealistic and that's what Warren is uh, well, and you're not going to get in your beautiful car and drive halfway across town right you're going to send it to them dock your sign thank you takes five minutes there you go the challenge for Warren right that bottle's got to get past Melissa then it's got to get to the courier yeah. then the courier's got to try and not Flog Break it. it. Yeah. Then it's got to get to Warren's office without the admin ladies getting it. So good luck, Warren. So I, Warren, I drive you... to the Tron and drop it off, but no. No, Warren, <laughs> it may arrive as a, as of that or as a fifty dollar bottle of Moet. <laughs> Uh, no, we'll uh, we'll courier. You you gifted it. I will spend the money to courier. It will come to you this week. Thank you so much, so much for requesting today's topic. Episode number eighty. We're getting close to one hundred. We got to do something special for one hundred. Trip to Vegas. What about a hundred minutes <laughs> long episode? No, that's not cut. That's not what cut to the chase is all about. Thank you for watching. See you next week. Ciao, ciao.